As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And the Raiders now lead 17 to nothing at 9.22 to go in the second quarter. I was already frustrated. We weren't playing at a, a good enough uh, level that I expected, and uh, it kind of just snapped. Why, why? And now the Chiefs will have second down and goal to go. Mahomes takes the snap. In trouble, moves out past Crosby. Fires it late. Kelsey at the catch inside the 10. Stiff arms one. Struggles into the end zone. Touchdown. I'm here all day. 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 Is up. All of a sudden, I go into that mode where I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just kind of blacking out and going crazy. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Whenever Coach Reed has to grab you and pull you aside, that's when you know you're going a little too far because he's usually like let your personality show. Um, and Coach Reed grabbed me. He's like, "Hey, man, we got to calm down." Everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. The Kansas City Chiefs have arrived in St. Joe, or at least they've begun to arrive in St. Joe as training camp begins. And the three of us here, the stars of Netflix's quarterback, are here to help you break it down. I'm Marcus Mariota, and with Patrick Mahomes and literally Kirk Cousins, uh, this is Time Zars here on The Athletic. Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, and uh, and literally Kirk Cousins. That's the th- <laughs> Those are the three of us. And I just, there are so many things, guys, I do want to talk to you both about, but nothing. We've we've talked a tiny bit amongst ourselves about quarterback. It's the only thing I really want to talk about now because I, I know something special has happened to all three of us watching that show involving that quarterback from up north. Ladies and I, gentlemen, it's, it's great to be with you again. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I had a wonderful time away from 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 the job uh Mr. I, Taylor. I appreciated it um me and my family thank you for your continued uh for just your continued support you know i am a man of faith you know this and one of the most beautiful lessons in life is the ability to change one's perspective mm to learn and to grow and to really see yourself become a more mature, well-rounded individual with grace, with dignity. And I'm here today after many years of just seeing this person through a statistical and sometimes comic lens. (laughs) I am willing to admit here that I think perhaps the biggest winner out of this eight part documentary is indeed the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) There is a place in this world for very Midwestern, very white, very regular dudes, including ones that just so happen to play football and look, 
kind of awkward in shoulder pads for a reason I can't quite figure out. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, I'm telling you, that is that is 98% of it. That's 98% of his bad rap. I have never felt more seen <laughs> than I felt watching that. Like when it's just, oh man, when his wife, I this was getting a little stressful. I had to throw in some praise music. I was like, I think I go to church with these people. Oh. I, I thought, oh, I've, I've met this woman 15 times. I'm related to yeah. several of her. That was so great. I literally... <laughs> The day before, and I texted this to you guys. Yes, you did. Listeners, I'm not making this up. Yes, you did. That same day that I'd watched it or the day before, I was having a really stressful day. So I turned on Come Thou Fount and a few other, and can it be a couple other great classic hymns that I really appreciate <laughs> and genuinely enjoy. Shut up, Briscoe. Hey, that's Nate's laughter. I can't tell Nate to shut up. He's one of the nicest people I know. This It also wasn't I, Nate's. I just wanted to try to avoid the bullet. For the love of... Okay. You know what? I'm getting I'm getting pretty vexed right now. Similar to how <laughs> Kirk Cousins would express it on the sideline. I am a little exercised. I'm a little annoyed, even. <laughs> just watch just, your language and put it in your butt. It's fine. <laughs> it really... It, it was an interesting... They, they really found a great group of guys to just like kind of bounce off one another because you go from the the cousins family wholesome they, they were having the most minnesota time of their lives the drive home in the unbelievable cold and amounts of snow mm-hmm. the 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 oh you know what we're gonna do for fun tonight we are gonna have a fire in our lawn this is my favorite and, and sit by it and Jazz and I are looking at that. We were like, oh, man, that looks great. And we were like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but then you would go from that to Mahomes, who has, he's got a pretty wholesome image overall himself. Apparently, except when he steps onto the field and becomes LeVon. Yeah. <laughs> and just, it goes from Kirk to like, you know, I think it's really important, guys, that we understand the need to to keep our cool here and and just move forward here, all right? And then cuts to Mahomes. Boop, boop, mother, boop. <laughs> Just, it is the greatest. Where you're like, oh, two different personalities. <laughs> I think my position. favorite, I think my favorite Same sequence. position. I think my favorite sequence was right there in that window. But I believe, if memory serves, we go straight from the scene of, you woke up the wrong mother bleeper. You woke up five times through that. It is, it is all of that. It is energy and competitiveness and all of that coming through and then the next shot opens in the fireplace and Kirk Cousin just goes built a nice fire coop (laughs) (laughs) and and I had tears in my eyes man I don't know what happened after that I was laughing so hard so I I, I've told a lot of people this um, you know when they've asked uh, when they get an opportunity and look it's always a really enjoyable part because like you know, my job lends it to where um, I can try to provide thoughtful answers that are accurate, that I hope are accurate. And of course, um, people around town. And again, it's 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 really cool when they're just like, what? Hey, hey by the way, what's Patrick like? <laughs> and I always go, um, you know, I've I've interviewed a lot of athletes, obviously, um, and I I. I I really found a way to condense it all in like one sentence. And the way I usually start is by saying Patrick Mahomes is the most normal superstar athlete I have ever covered. Because there are parts of him that are of the quality of a Michael Jordan in terms of competitiveness of a Tom Brady and trying to find the best path towards winning and then ripping it out of the hands of the other team. Um, but of course, he's very normal. He's not only just intelligent, but he's willing to um, be generous with his time. He answers questions, I think, with a lot of thoughtfulness behind it. Um, he doesn't forget anything. This man remembers just about everything because he's got a photographic memory, um, which I've talked to him about before. And you put him in any setting and he can pretty much um, 
find comfort and be comfortable in those settings. So I thought the documentary did a really good job of, you know, showing that to, you know, obviously a, a pretty wide audience. Um, things that you see on a day-to-day basis in the, in the team's training facility that obviously just aren't on camera. Um, but that, I always felt like, at least watching it, and I haven't even finished the all the eight parts, I'm on episode six. Um, but I felt watching that, like, yeah, like, this this is this is really who he is. Um, and so from a, from a visual standpoint, that's really cool. Um, and so I don't know if that's surprising to people, but it was surprising to me getting a chance to really see Kirk Cousins in a Barnes and Noble and nobody yes. really yeah. <laughs> acknowledged okay. this man's profession. There's two things going on there for what it's worth. One is the fact that it's just Kirk Cousins is not maybe quite as distinctive looking mm-hmm. as Patrick Mahomes. Correct. Um, but also, you know how you know that Minnesota is full of the most polite people on the planet? <laughs> it's like, I think that's Kirk Cousins. Wow, you know, he's reading. We probably shouldn't bother him. So. <laughs> he's uh, reading in public. It's like, it's, like, it's like looking at a deer at the zoo. No, 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 you can't pet him. Just look at him. <laughs> there he is. Um, Just look at him. The, the, the thing with Mahomes that got me the most, like the competitive thing, I mean, I've written about that twice, that he's just, he clearly is psychotic when it comes to competing. And the whole I'm like that thing is still just the best. That moment was so, that is some of the best trash talk I've ever heard in my life. Um, But the, my very favorite part, and Jazz watched every episode with me. She really liked it. I was going to ask you guys if you watched it with the wives, as now oh, yeah. all three of us have. Yeah. Re- oh, yeah. How about yeah. That? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, yeah I how- kept trying to watch it when I could drink my beer in the garage with my <laughs> ball and chains, and I got to wait till she gets... She actually was, like, at some point more interested in watching the next episode right away than I was. Yep, that's, yeah. that's how so, it happens. That's how it happens, okay. Mr. Briscoe. I'm good she was it. like, if this is what football always looked like, oh. like it's so easy to follow the ball. I'm like, genuinely. Well, well yes. When you're- <laughs> <Yeah>. Genuinely. <laughs> yeah, Look, like, Renee like, liked the soundtrack, like as a oh, like yeah. indicator of just what was going on. Because when Marcus Mariota, to, towards the end, the, the, whatever Ooh. his last game or two somber. was, you get the Ooh. somber music, and she goes, "Oh, I bet this is gonna be this is gonna be a bad sequence." Or I think it's yeah. a, bit, a bad series. Like, oh, it's about to be a bad rest of the series yeah. for, Mah- yeah. for for Mariota. Can we? Can we- Go ahead, Cliff. Just when 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 they shifted, it's like I really thought we could come back, and then you heard the music, and you yeah. could just like hear the narrator. They would not. <laughs> they would not. <laughs> like it was reminding me, like man, the Falcons really could have won the division last year. Yes! That is insane. Yes, um, it's right there. It's right there, Marcus. It's right there, and of course that sort of um, accentuates how difficult it is to be great in the clutch yeah. just about every time. Um, it's available to you in the fourth quarter. Um, Holly, I can't remember if she nudged me on the shoulder while we sat together or if she like tapped me on the on the leg, on the thigh. And she was like, oh, look at that. He takes every Tuesday off. Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kirk Cousins is out here making us every husband in America. That doesn't have the opportunity to make his own hours. Which, by the way, an NFL quarterback is being a coach is like, oh, about Tuesdays. I'll do those. I'll do those. That's, that is. I'm sorry, did you say Tuesday? (laughs) No. Well, let me refer you to my contract. I I spend Tuesdays with my wife. Sorry. And it's like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, that was. And you know what? Good on him. If you can do it. Yeah, not Tuesday after. Well, you know, as you can see, my contract when I first joined here said fully guaranteed. So, yep. with yep. that said, yeah. I'm not going to be here. Uh, <laughs> so, like, most, by the way, most quarterbacks, uh, ladies and gentlemen, most quarterbacks do take a portion of Tuesday off. Um, yeah. Whether it's a community event, whether it is time with their family, um, you know, if they need to. Uh, you know, get walk around the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, the <laughs> it was like, so wholesome. It was so wholesome. And she was like, he's the most gorgeous dog. And I was like, yes, he is. What, <laughs> what is happening to me? What is happening? 
Oh, <laughs> uh, because I think it was either that moment or somewhere else where I, I it's a real quote, guys, uh, from our Texas things where I said, "My God, I love cousins in this documentary." Yes, I know. Yes. Nate's sitting there at home watching it, just like you know, I, I'm just kind of suddenly feeling the need to mow the yard and maybe straighten out the siding a little bit. Uh huh. Add a, I know, maybe take add maybe an extra take log on the fire in a movie. Yeah. And afterwards, put the kids to bed and read from them the the book of Why by Sports Illustrated. <laughs> like it was so wholesome, guys. Like it was really nice to watch. My very favorite part and jazzes though. It wasn't everything with Kirk Cousins was amazing. His family seems great. He seems like a genuinely good dude. That's awesome. They all seem like good dudes. Yes. Yes. Um, but. The uh, the when they got home, um, um, Mahomes and 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 Brittany, I'm like I'm gonna start referring to my first name because like I know them now because I watched the yeah. documentary with them. So when Patrick and Brittany got home, um, and they were going through the garage, and there were all these cardboard boxes of recycling just piled up, very messily, and the garage was kind of messy. I was like. <gasps> They're just like us guys. <laughs> and I was just like, I my mind was blown. I was like, you know what? I feel a lot better about the state of my garage. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, and this is no offense to Patrick, but if a guy worth half a billion dollars can't keep his garage clean, I think I'm doing okay. Yes, yes, yes. I, I had two Kirk Cousins moments that are uh, one's very specific to him and one just sort of brings me back around for the entirety of playing the quarterback position. And then we can, you know, talk about the Chiefs and training camp and DeAndre Hopkins. And all I guess that we stuff. could do that. Yeah. Um, I imagine Chris Jones will sign his contract extension the moment that we email off our files. So I'm not too worried about talking about it um, just yet because we're going to make it happen. But the, the yeah. two Kirk Cousins things that that really won us over, the, the one that got Renee immediately is the fact that he has his little his little uh, memory palace or whatever he called it with all of the memorabilia and the game balls and all of that stuff with the little nook for a yes. Lombardi trophy. Yes. The fact that all of that is behind a bookshelf door, like that is a hidden room is one, like pretty cool Two, yeah. genuinely humble in a way that is like, he's hiding it that I don't even know if he thinks about it that way. If he acknowledges like you literally are hiding your career from the rest of the world. Um, and also just, Totally charming. So that that was huge. Um, and then also just listening to Kirk Cousins and, and Nate, you'll see this in Mahomes in the next two episodes, obviously, but but really Cousins the most, I think because it was the ribs, listening to him mic'd up, just getting hit and breathing and sounding like a rubber chicken that had the squeaker go out. Yes. Where he mm. just spent most of the season Hurt. as a non-terribly mobile quarterback and a guy that has received all of the jokes for mediocrity and all of that. This dude is out there 24-7, broken in half, just <sighs> constantly. It is just that noise for eight episodes, and uh, it's he's tough as hell. If you can't, if you don't leave quarterback with a refreshed respect for all of the quarterback positions, but the guys that play the quarterback position, and specifically Kirk Cousins, I, I just feel like you watched it wrong. Right. He went to Washington and got his you-know-what rocked. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Buffalo and he could barely breathe. Yep. They won both games. Yep. <laughs> that's yeah. that's football. Um yeah. the most violent thing we have sanctioned among us. Um <laughs> we're again, ladies and gentlemen, say it with me. A sport that is the most violent we have sanctioned among us, where the ball isn't round. Yes, say it again. <laughs> the so, ball, and, that, and that's how the Vikings beat the Bills. I, I'd forgotten about that game. Honest to goodness. Game. Great I'd game. forgotten, like, holy crap, he fumbled the snap. Great game. And and changed the trajectory of all three teams, Chiefs, Bills, yeah. and mm. Vikings. Um, the, the last thing I'll say um, is – I know sometimes in life some things happen unfortunate that you can't necessarily predict or maybe you had a you had a role in it but it wasn't ultimately your choice um you know it's nice to see that the economy is is growing where like more people are 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 um earning jobs and that's great to see but of course you know there's the other side of it where people lose their jobs 
and I know the producers yeah. at Netflix could not have foreseen this. Um, I'm gonna say it really polite. What Marcus Mariota did is fully understandable. What Arthur Smith did is completely understandable. Mm-hmm. What you not gonna do? And I don't know if I've heard a worse story over the last couple years. If I get the timeline right, you telling me that my wife gave birth to my first child. And then you called me to come into the facility the next the next day to tell me I lost my job. You can't tell them that over the phone like. Hey, we got FaceTime. We got agents. <laughs> we got Zoom. Yeah. And that was like the reason he was in Atlanta. Arthur Smith, I mean. Yeah. It so, was so I get yeah. it. Arthur, I get it. From management to ownership to investing a third round draft pick. Yeah, it's time to see what this Desmond Ritter's got. But also can we do this like another, any other day, in any other way? But that's, I, I love how inhumane and also how football it is. Yep. yep. And, it's, and it's that quick, ladies and gentlemen. It's that quick. No one lost their job in a worse manner that I know than Marcus Mariota of the last, I guess, year and a half. I, I just, and I'm like, yeah, man, why don't you yeah, get that knee right? Love on your daughter. They don't need this. You don't need this. What, right. what, what, what we do what we what are we doing? <laughs> you know, I, I like the we don't need this thing. It was interesting watching Mariota's story come full circle, right? He'd been the, the first round pick and he kind of had seeming on the uptick and then falling down. Well, this was his chance. And then by the end of the season, them almost having, and you haven't gotten quite there yet, Nate. There's, there's, it's almost like an epilogue part with him, mm. really. He's a backup again. Yep. And that's it. And, that's and he it. talked a bunch early on about, you don't always get second chances in this league. You know what's even rarer than that? Third chances. Yeah. But you can be a backup in the league a long time with his experience. We got Blaine Grabert. We got Chad Henney. We got so I mean you, you still got it. You, you Marcus it, it was just brutal to watch. Marcus, there's gonna come a moment, and I'm very fascinated to see when that moment arrives. You never know when it is because now you're the backup, but I am I am interested in seeing this. Um now I have seen the clip earlier. Um I know I'm gonna eventually get to it in like the full context of the of the episode. What I can tell you is I did know for a fact. When the Chiefs beat the Jaguars in the divisional round, and the following day was Bills versus Bengals. Even before the Burrowhead stuff began, just about everyone that I had talked to in the organization, for selfish reasons, ah, uh, they a they would not have had to go to Atlanta, which seems wild to think about, and oh, b yeah. um. For selfish wow, reasons. holy crap, man. Sorry, you said yeah. Atlanta, and I just had to sit here for a second yes. and go, sorry, yes. did I zone out? No, that game would have been in Atlanta. The game would have yep. been in Atlanta. And <sighs> and for other selfish reasons, just about every guy that I talked to um, in the organization, every person I talked to in the organization wanted for them to host the Bengals so that they could get true, re- like the true redemption in the best way possible, even with um, Patrick's injury. So um, when Patrick tells... You know, his father and his friends, like, I know we might match up better with, with Buffalo, but I, I do want the Bengals. Like, I knew that, basically that, like, as soon as that game ended against the Jaguars. And Mahomes was pretty convinced at that point that he was going to play. Now, there are all these little factors that lead to them winning the Super Bowl that I just want to remind people before we start talking about training camp. A, they played the first divisional round game on that Saturday afternoon. I talked to... um Matt McMullen about this uh, today. So he gets a few additional hours because it's not the Saturday night game. He gets a few, he gets an extra day because they're watching obviously Bill's Bengals on Sunday. They don't have to travel to Atlanta. So from a training staff standpoint, he got essentially an extra day because they would have had to do even Mm. more work with him traveling with a high ankle sprain. And obviously that actually helped them 
leading up to the Super Bowl because obviously you fly uh, the Sunday after the AFC Championship game. You don't go immediately to the Super Bowl site location. All these little things led up to Patrick being as healthy as humanly possible with the with the most maximum amount of time he had allowed to him while not having to travel from the end of the Jacksonville game to the start of hosting the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game because the league, and they flip-flop it every year um, so that there's no you know way to really work around it because the Eagles played the 49ers to start that Sunday slate, and then it was Chiefs-Bengals at night. All those little factors led to them winning the Super Bowl, and you can't forget that. And I just love the idea that, like, uh, a, a couple of people have told me, like, you're really going to like the last two episodes because all of those little moments, all that time added up to him having the ability to play in that game. I like it. It, it. it also kind of takes away from the idea that he wasn't still hurting or that he wasn't. You know what I mean? Because you yeah. see all that kind of yeah. stuff. Around. It was a really – their timing of releasing that – Really kind of, if, if you binged it quickly enough, it really was a nice end cap to the summer of the summer slash off season of the Kansas City Chiefs because they, you know, obviously they won in 2019 and, and you know, gestures vaguely at all of <laughs> 2020. Yeah. And, and it was just different. Whereas this time, I mean, it was everything. It was every type of visit. They were at the talk of everything. Mahomes has kind of reached the, like, you've only seen this, like, with Manning at his peak for a year or two and Rodgers at his peak for a year or two, where, like, no one's even bothering to debate it right now. Now, I'm sure Mahomes, you know, if he doesn't throw for 18 touchdowns in the first three weeks, I'm sure we'll hear it again yep. once the season starts. But right now, in this moment, no serious people are saying anything other than Patrick Mahomes is the best football player in the world. Correct. And it, it was a nice topper on all that. And now it's like, it, it really made it feel to me, among other reasons, but like that, like I blinked and it's like, oh, Hey, people are talking about Rasheed Rice not understanding what an Andy Reid <laughs> training camp looks like. <laughs> uh, uh, dude, dude was tired. He didn't know. I really appreciated Jeff Allen quote tweeting about Rasheed Rice getting tired and just saying like that's an, basically some version of like welcome to St. Joe and Andy Reid camp because and it's just gonna get hotter. A lot. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. It was a breezy. Like 80 degrees today. <laughs> and and let's just say we need you to run all the routes. All of them. But coach, I might throw up. Get back out there. <laughs> Until I see it. Okay. All right. Now. Okay. All right. He all threw right. up. Now Someone take give him a some break. Gatorade. Yeah, now we take a break. Okay. <laughs> he was being honest with us. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's it was a nice end cap, um, and then I don't know. I'm just I'm excited now that the new season has started, and it, it just feels like it feels like because this was the summer of the Chiefs, I, this was a the weirdest off season I can ever remember in terms of never really felt like off season to me. It was all like this two month celebration of the Chiefs after the draft and after free agency, and now they start knocking on the door of history. This year, because if they repeat this year, now you can start talking about things like the best five-year stretch in NFL history. You can start set. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of a cool thing to see it just swing right back into play. It's very cool, and I would love to talk about it with you more. But I'm afraid that if you don't dip right now, a whole bunch of kids are never going to learn about the Veggie Tales. Oh, I have got to. Oh, if only I could. I could. Uh, I could rise to the level. Of, of of Bob and Larry. But I, I do, I have to go. I have, and I appreciate you segueing me that into that, Josh. Because I noticed the time. You see it, that, right? I, I do see it now. Okay. I am All five right. minutes late. I, <laughs> I get to go lead some vacation Bible school games. And so, I don't know, I'm probably just going to be like, you don't look that tired to me yet. I do not see you throwing <laughs> up. And so, we are going to run this back. We're going to play Cross the Red Sea one more time until someone throws up. But in the meantime, you guys have some fun and I'll, I'll see you soon.
And then the Lord looked to the sky and said, you woke up the wrong mother. See, <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, poor, anyway. Poor, poor Max Crosby. Uh, I just want to remind oh. people, uh, the Raiders are, uh, this is the Raiders' defensive depth chart. Max Crosby and 10 dudes you can't name right now. Uh-huh. N- name me another starter who plays on defense for the Las Vegas Raiders. You can't, don't, don't Google it, ma'am. Don't Google it. Max Crosby and who? Uh, a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of first round draft picks that John Gruden lit on fire. Clock, clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. So, what does Max Crosby have to do? I have to win the down, and I have to win after the down. Yes. I have to win the down, and then I have to punch him in the hopes that he'll do something crazy. Like, I have to pressure him and say, no, 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 what you No, I was going for the ball, baby. I was going for the ball. Looks at the replay. Sir, the ball's nowhere near his helmet. <laughs> I have to pressure, I have to do everything, everything to try to stop this man from scoring 30 on us. Looks up at the scoreboard. Mission failed. Mission failed. Uh, his his contract's got to be coming up pretty soon, right? Is he uh, going to get out of there? You know, you know, it would be a real shame there, Max, with two X's if you decided to maybe, I don't know, stay in the AFC West and then maybe a different team, though? No, he's signed. Oh, God, he signed in... Uh, in March of 22, four years, 94 million. That's all right. Honestly, feels kind of low. I mean, he's really good. <laughs> he's really good. He's really good. <laughs> His money doesn't really start until a little bit this year than next year. So, yeah, all right, he's doing all right. It's just yeah. he's the only, only defender they have. Yeah, they, they scored 30 in both games. So I am factually correct. Mission sure. failed. Yes. Mission empirically <laughs> failed. Uh, you, you uh, look. I'm just going to ask you open he open ended as we are here at training camp time. Uh-huh. We've mentioned Rasheed Rice. Yep. Should people care right now? You might need to set it up. Yeah, right now. No. Right now should people care that Rasheed no. Rice showed up, no. looked exhausted and barfed. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Uh do you remember who barfed last year at the first Ooh. practice? Do you remember do you and it was and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is mostly uh, quarterbacks, because somebody got to throw the football. Um, rookies <laughs> who need to get acclimated to the Andy Reid camp life, and uh, veterans who are coming back from injury. So I think there were like thirty something guys today. Like we don't need to take full attendance, but like, hey, it is the first legitimate practice. Josh, last year a rookie puked in the end zone. Then he tried huh. to line. Then he tried to line back up and puked in the end zone again. Do you know which rookie it was last year? No, I'm going to just go by position and previous training and say Sky Moore? No, it was Leo Chanel. Oh, no kidding? Yes, sir. Wow. All right. Death Row Barfro. I didn't know. I, I had no memory of that. <laughs> this man said, I love violence. And then violently his stomach uh, was empty <laughs> on, on the first day of camp. And then guess what? He had a great rookie season. He was a yeah. dependable reserve. He played awesome in the postseason, in particular the Super Bowl. And look, I get—I bet you he won't barf on Sunday. Um, 
here's the thing. No one needs to, like, again, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot thank you enough for your support of this podcast. Training camp don't really start till Sunday. Sunday is the first team practice where all, you know, 91 guys will, you know, expect it to be there. Yes, including Chris Jones. And, um, you know, that first practice on Sunday will be like the real, you know, I, it's funny. I, I wrote about it. Uh, God, what day is it? I'm already in camp mode. It was Tuesday. Yeah. Um, it was Tuesday where I wrote that, like, this first week is sort of the soft launch. Um, and then the grand opening is like Sunday. Uh have I watched Oceans 13 several times? Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> it's like, you know, one minute, the pyramid was closed. Then it was open. It's a soft launch. Um, <laughs> when is it open? July 3rd. <laughs> I watched I watched Oceans 13 a few times. I love the Oceans 11, 12, and 13 series. Shout out to Oceans 8. I see what you're doing out there, Sandra. Um... But yeah, it really doesn't matter until Sunday. I just want to get in my little movie review and say that uh, Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson movie, might be Ooh, the best Wes Anderson movie. I'm really? saying it. I'm feeling it. I loved it. I adore oh, it. Holly loves some Wes Anderson. Okay. I can't yeah. believe Holly and I have never talked about Wes Anderson. All right. Very good. I've got a whole bunch of Wes Anderson takes that I would be excited to excited to share. But Asteroid City. Rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw I it in theaters uh, two times. Ooh. You, yeah, you, pulled, you, pulled, you pulled the me and Hayden where... As soon as as soon as uh as soon as Spider Man ended, we were yes. like, we can convince Mom that we can come back here, right? We can we can do another <laughs> one. We can. I didn't get to see the new one in theaters, and I'm mad about it. I I I totally fumbled that. But oh man, it was like what? <laughs> was oh. Hay- Hayden was like, so when does the next one come out? <laughs> Hold oh, on, son, Hold what, a, on, what a time to learn about movies and disappointment and patience. In, tr- in trilogies. In trilogies. Hey, hey, oh. before, but even before we get to that, um, you want to watch it again? It was incredible. Uh, so, yeah, that's this. Yes. I, I mean, I got to see it. I love. Yeah. It's nice to go back to the movies. Remember those things? It is. Yes. It's we've gone to we've gone to a handful recently. Um, and we've got, we're not going to do it all in one day, but we have Oppenheimer and Barbie plans now. Like we're, we're doing the dang thing. Movies are back, baby. They are back. Um, by the way, I think Wes Anderson's best film is actually Fantastic Mr. Fox. My first introduction. Uh, I know that's a deep cut. Love that movie. Love Um, that movie. Do you, this is crazy. You probably don't know this. Right now in my office where I record this show every time, I have one full-size and one miniature Fantastic Mr. Fox poster. What? Um, I will send you a picture of it now. Please do. Do you, are, are you familiar with what my first tattoo was, Nate Taylor? Um, I know it's animal related. It is a pine cone on fire from oh. the, the fictional sport in Fantastic Mr. Fox, a whack bat. <laughs> I am now going to watch this movie here real soon. Um, Dude, it rules. It's I a great cannot movie. believe that we haven't had this conversation. conversation. I know, because, look, I think the Grand Budapest from beginning to end, fabulous. Uh, fabulous. Moonrise Kingdom, you could write a dissertation about that movie. because Absolutely. It's, it's, God, it's super duper dope. Um, but, yeah, in terms of making movies that are very unique, but still have, like, a progression in terms of styles... Um, yeah, Wes Anderson got, he got, he, he, he got it, y'all. Um, there are know. people listening for training camp notes right now that are going to be so disappointed, but I, if, have you seen, Look uh, Darjeeling Limited? Oh my God. I know. I haven't seen that one. Look at that, that one's poster. the one that goes under the radar. Yo, Look you're seeing them. Yes, sir. This, the, the poster framed in all, uh, one day, uh, the Drake, as we call him, Jason Justice at, at Sports Radio 810, um, he, he, I don't know how profound my love of this movie must have been because he was at some thrift store place and he sent me, a, texted me a picture and was like, hey, if you want this, it's here, here and here. And I got in the car and went to go pick it up because it is like, I'm, I'm sure from the, from the original run. And uh, framed in everything, so I don't yeah. I don't know what the story of this was before I got it, but it it perfectly fits that little spot in my wall over there. Yeah. Um. Wow. Wow. But no, I mean, look. Um. 
today was the first practice. Um, you know, Friday, I guess, is the next important day because that is when uh, the veterans are required to report to training camp. So, you know, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, uh, everybody else, we'll, we'll see. Um, look, I'm sure people are wondering about Chris Jones. There's really no immediate update. Um, I do Quinn and Williams signed since the last show we've done. So that was yes. a domino since the last time. Yeah. Ours. So so explain the, explain the contract. Um, Josh and and how it relates because again, one of the one of the funniest things was when that news uh, came out. Uh, Josh quote tweeted it with just Chris Jones's face. <laughs> <laughs> um, his deal ends up being four years, ninety six million. I think I'll, I don't have the number, but I think it was sixty six guaranteed through that. Yeah, that um, right. or sixty three here on Spo But yeah, so he he signs the deal and. And, you know, we had been talking about waiting for the rest of the defensive tackle market to settle in because this offseason has had several uh, of these long term and and in most, if not all cases, younger defensive end tackle extensions or defensive tackle extensions. And uh, Quinn Williams was the biggest and final domino to fall, which now gives the Chiefs and Chris Jones a pretty good sized gap, really, between Quinn and Williams at what will be number three, and Aaron Donald, which we all assume will be number one. Still a pretty wide array of outcomes that they could kind of fight for in there. I, I don't know. Um, I, I've i got pretty good vibes off of the, the, the latest that we've heard from that whole situation. But like you said, if there's not really anything new, new, uh, are we are we closer now post-Quinn Williams contract, you think? I guess, sure. Um, now, I want to provide some context it was towards the middle of training camp in 2020 or 2021 maybe i think it was the middle of 2021's training camp where um it became apparent to me that the team and tyron matthew weren't Mm -hmm. gonna come to a deal before the season opener which obviously meant that tyron matthew was playing on the last year of his contract which meant he was probably gonna make it to free agency which probably meant he probably wasn't gonna be on the team uh, in 2022, um, I don't know if we'll reach that point with Chris Jones because he is their most viable defend, you know, defensive player. Um, Chris Jones um, wants to keep rising in terms of his status, uh, not just within the organization, but like, you know, an argument can be made. And I'm sure, you know, Seth somewhere is fist pumping that, <laughs> you know, an argument can be made that Chris Jones was the best interior pass rusher last year, even with Aaron Donald at the peak of his powers towards the early point of the season last year before he had his injury. Um, Well, now it's time for Chris Jones to sort of prove it again. Um, And if you do that again, that leads to, yes, legitimate defensive player of the year discussions, in particular if the Chiefs have another, you know, stellar regular season in terms of win-loss record. So, um, you know, I know some people have said, hey, you add three years on top of this deal – so that, you know, technically it's a four-year deal. Um, if you wanted to get a little wonky, you could add four years on top of this deal. Um, you know, from the very beginning, and I think I was the first person to report this, but from the very beginning, it was clear that Chris, in his representation, wanted to get as close to Aaron Donald as possible, uh, even with the long, you know, line of guys who were up for their own extensions. So the Chiefs have... Um, you know, understood that, and now it's time to come to a deal. Um, logically, I think most Chiefs fans should feel good until August. Interesting. And if, and if something happens in August, or if something doesn't happen in August, then then you can start to like him and haw. Um, do you expect him to to be at camp day one regardless? I, or do you expect August to be at the end of a long holdout? I don't think he's gonna hold out. What I mean by that right. what I mean by August is like if it's August one and he has not agreed to a kind con- of he yeah, and the Chiefs right. have not agreed to a contract, then yeah, then you can him and haul. Right. Um now look, we could be recording this on Wednesday, July nineteenth, and they agree to something on July twentieth, and he signs it when he reports. On July 21, on Friday. Um, That's one way it could work. Um, But also, I mean, you have some time, um, I think, really between now and, like, August 1. Um, 
Damn. Because they have they they're like they're not going to go into like full pads anytime soon. There, there's an acclimation process. Uh, the CBA you have to have like a ramp up period of like non padded practices. Uh, obviously, there's a conditioning sort of element to to training camp when the full team is here. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's really just a matter of like what could be incentive based in the contract, how you want to structure it over that second and that third year. I think is where you can get um, into the into the weeds of it all, and you know, uh, for everybody's peace of mind, um, you can say, "Hey, we we've we've structured it in a way where we can be flexible not only for this year but for next year, and also, you know, we gave you enough guaranteed money that we can spread it out a certain way um, to where you're at least going to be on the roster the next three years." I think that's something where I think both parties can tend to agree to. Um, you know, by then he'll be what 31, 32. Um, so it's reasonable, especially given his track record and the work that Aaron Donald has done so far in his career. Um, but I, you know, I, I know you asked this earlier, Josh, he has never done a holdout before in his career. So this is uh, Chris going into his eighth season. Um, obviously he's, you know, when he was franchise tag, he wasn't with the team for the entire offseason period. But they did get the contract figured out, and then obviously he reported to camp on time. Even when he was um, entering the last year of his deal uh, going into 2019, he was still reporting to camp on time. So I haven't heard any rumblings that um, that might not happen this year. So I think the understanding is to either expedite the communication or to be you know the professional that he's really always been. Uh, my expectation is that he will report to camp on time as of, you know, July 19th. That's really interesting, regardless of where the contract lands. And and for a little more context here on the numbers. So um, these are all I'm going by uh, av- uh, annual average value on these deals, as is at this point, the 101 you have to know before you ever listen to anyone talk about NFL contract is that some of these numbers are a little bit funky because guaranteed numbers Average annual value is taking into account, you know, the year that Tyreek Hill makes $95 million or whatever the last year of his Dolphins contract Crazy. is. There's some funny money. There's some not. But but more or less, because the, the total value and AAV for these defensive tackles is almost exactly the same guy for guy. Yep. So you've got Chris Jones. And then just above him, you've got uh, DeForest Buckner. Extra million average, extra $4 million over the course of the deal. Then everyone else from tied with Buckner on total value all the way up through Aaron until Aaron Donald, all those other defensive tackles that are above Chris Jones that aren't DeForest Buckner and Aaron Donald all signed this offseason. And it's it's just funny to look at the game. Total value, Javon Hargrave, 84 million, Dexter Lawrence, 87 and a half, Deron Payne, 90, Jeffrey Simmons, 94, Quinn Williams, 96, Aaron Donald, 95. That's on a three-year deal. The rest of those are four-year deals. Correct. So the average annual value numbers are even funnier because it is Chris Jones at, at the end of his deal on 20, Buckner 21, Hargrave 21, Dexter Lawrence 21.875, Duron Payne 22.5, Jeffrey Simmons 23.5, Quinn Williams 24, and then Aaron Donald uh, more than 31 and a half. What's if there's any place here for me to be worried, it is it is about the gap between Quinn and Williams and Aaron Donald and not being completely sure where they all agree that that's the range, which which side of it to be on. But what were you going to say there, Nate? Right. So the the issue is Quentin Williams is entering, entering the prime of yes. his career. And so um, Williams, Simmons, Payne, Lawrence, all 25 years old, all signed as 25 year olds. I don't know what they'll be, you know, mid. Yeah, right. Like, I think Quentin will turn 26 um, at some point this season um, because that's what they have him listed for over the cap. But um, well, the interesting, interesting thing about him entering his prime is that that's why he got 66 million in total guarantees uh, courtesy of over the cap, which is 1 million more than Aaron Donald, who is again towards the back end of his prime at age 32. Now this is, you know, um, all related because Chris is in the middle of his prime you could argue, at 29. Um, And so the question for Clark Hunt and Brett Veach is, are they willing to match the guaranteed money of $66 over, you know, a four-year, three-year sort of however you want to structure it? Um, Or can they find a compromise 
with getting closer to, you know, the total value versus giving some of the guaranteed money up so that you can um, maybe arrange your your salary cap over the next two years in a way that is, uh, I don't I don't want to say team friendly, but like conducive to like remaining a contender, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that is actually a, a good place to get hung up on trying to get the right word for because we have completely lost the plot on team friendly deals and hometown discounts yeah, and things yeah. like that that just have gotten silly. Um, you know, since that segue is sitting out there right now, some NFL players will sign contracts with lesser teams to wait, make way more money. And that's mm. an okay thing for NFL players to do. Mm. But it does happen. And it did happen with DeAndre Hopkins. How I, I'm there, there are a few things about this that I think are legitimately interesting. Some of it that I think is maybe a little overplayed. I want to know what your feel was for how how serious the Chiefs' interest really was with DeAndre Hopkins, and then not just why they you know couldn't match the Titans' numbers. I think everyone more or less goes, "Yeah, it seems like a lot of money. Yep. Makes sense maybe if you're to the Titans. Doesn't really make sense for the Chiefs right now." But I I am interested in how you saw that pursuit going, and and also why now. Now, see, if I was advising DeAndre Hopkins, I would have made him wait till sometime in August. Um, I guess from a team standpoint, it's a better, perhaps smoother onboarding process in terms of the playbook, getting to know your coaches, um, creating chemistry and connection with the quarterback. I get all that. Um, Now, maybe they made a calculation in saying, even if the Chiefs come to an agreement with Chris Jones and there is a little bit more of flexibility with the salary cap, maybe it won't be comparative or close to what the Titans could offer right now. Um, and of course, one of the fascinating things about the the Chiefs and DeAndre Hopkins that I don't know was totally, um, totally clear Um Man, this might sound crazy on the front end. On the front end, are you ready, Josh? I am on the edge of my seat. Was DeAndre Hopkins going to start opening day if he was with the Chiefs? I'm going to say that he'd be in my starting lineup. But the fact that you asked it and preface it the way that you did makes me want to hear why you're asking that question. So the reason I'm asking that question is when you start piecing it all together there's not a guarantee that he would have been starting on opening day. Now, I'm not saying in October when he gets even more acclimated, uh, he has even more time with Patrick Mahomes, but like, it's very clear to the Chiefs that they need to see real progress from Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, and they still have a very legitimate deep threat in Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. All those dudes have known the system longer. They have played with the quarterback. They have won the Super Bowl as a collective core. There was no guarantee, as wild as it sounds, that DeAndre Hopkins, on the day of his arrival, if it had worked out with the Chiefs, that he would have been a guaranteed starter on opening day. I know it sounds a certain way, but we've, we've had, we have 10 years of evidence with, with Andy Reid. Like, Tyreek Hill was not Tyreek Hill, of course, when he joined the team. But all I'm saying is, is that like Andy likes to take his time with receivers. And so if DeAndre, I mean, Jeremy Macklin is probably the best example where it's like, well, you know, uh, but what about why is it? Why would it be different than how Juju operated last year? I can't remember what the timeline of his signing was, but that's like he's an outlier for sure. He is an outlier. Yes. And. He had such a connection with Patrick, but again, that that goes all the way back to when he signed and he started working with Patrick pretty immediately. Um, And of course, there hasn't really been a case because the team just doesn't usually operate in this way. And I think that's also uh, a part of this. The team really doesn't sign a receiver like at the start of camp and then that player start on opening day. Even for someone like Carlos Dunlap, they still chose to start George Karloftis over Carlos Dunlap. Now, it's a different position. It's a different, you know, unit. But I do get the sense that, like, DeAndre would have had to have earned a starting spot when, again, they want to see Sky Moore. You already drafted Rasheed Rice. You have, uh, you know, 
Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, and you have Kadarius Toney when they really believe, and I've written this all offseason, that Kadarius Toney is their number one receiver. And based on the investment they already made and the fact that he's on a rookie contract, they need to see if Kadarius Toney can be a number one receiver from beginning to, you know, whatever, when however long the season is, you know, in the postseason. Um, so, again, I know it sounds wild, but when you look at it really, you know, based on all the information we have, based on the track record, it would have been tough um, for the Andre Hopkins to to just to just immediately just be put in as like wide receiver two or even wide receiver one, um, because it's really hard to be a receiver when you're new into the Andy Reid system. It now, is really we, interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. Now, when you look at the nuts and bolts, the Chiefs have the least amount of money available to them from a salary cap space per over the cap. Um, it would have taken Chris Jones to agree to a deal. And yes, let's say it gives them eight, nine million of wiggle room. The Chiefs weren't going to give all of that to the Andre Hopkins. The Chiefs like to use a little bit of money in the event that they make a trade during the season. So just keep that in mind as well. And based on the way the Chiefs have operated, similar to Juju's deal last season, it may have been a one-year incentivized deal where like, you're going to have to earn some of that money based on production. So um, all those factors, again, maybe DeAndre and his representation figured that out already um, in terms of the calculation of like, Hey, if the chiefs aren't really an option and this team isn't really an option and you know, the Ravens already signed um, Odell Beckham, the, the Titans are the most desperate team and they have the available cap space and then you can immediately start for them because have you seen their depth chart? My goodness. I don't know. You you probably saw this, but if you didn't, I'll ask the audience. And if you know, you can also reveal the answer. Do you know uh, who on the Titans had the most career touchdown catches before they signed DeAndre Hopkins? Don't say it. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, ain't it? Go ahead and tell me, Josh. Mike Vrabel. Unbelievable. Mike Vrabel. A former linebacker with one incredible trick on offense <laughs> led the Titans in career touchdown receptions before they signed DeAndre Hopkins. It's oh. one of the most alarming things I've ever seen on Twitter. Here is the if you're just wondering at home, uh, if you need some fantasy advice, take DeAndre Hopkins higher than you think, guys. Yeah, that's a good call. Because it's Traylon Burks, former first yep. round draft pick, supposed uh-huh. to be the next AJ Brown. Good luck. Good luck. Um, Kyle Phillips, Chris Moore, Colton Duell, Reggie Roberts, Reggie Robertson Jr., Jacob Copeland, Trajan Harrison. Nick if we're West- playing the game of which one of those guys isn't a real actual NFL player, I'm going to say it was that second to last guy. I think you. Uh, I think that's what you try to throw us off. Oh, those Tra- are all real? Tra- oh, my Sean, God. Trajan Harrison? No, no, no. Before him? Racy McMath? McMath, McMath is you making up a name on the spot. That's my guess. Mason, Mason Kinsley. Mason Kinsley isn't real. Uh, Dick Westbrook. I ain't even going to say the last part because I don't want to disrespect your family like this. (laughs) I've seen him play football before. Yes, I have seen him play football before. He was, he he is a legitimate NFL player. He has three touchdowns last season. Yes. But, uh, but look, you know, um, DeAndre, get them targets up. So with, with all of that being said, I I end up in this really bizarre place with the Chiefs receivers right now where I am absolutely electrified to not a taser joke to watch Kadarius <laughs> Tony this year. <laughs> it was not on purpose. I can't wait to watch Kadarius Tony. I am hopeful about Sky Moore, but I don't I don't know what like him taking over really looks like. That just might be a kind of a skill set thing. I don't know, we'll see. But and and I think we've got a pretty good feel for what MVS can be on a regular basis, which is some irregularity, but like there's there's good stuff to be had there. Uh I like Rasheed Rice, but you know, rookie wide receiver, Andy Reid offense and all of that. Um I thought the Richie James signing was was a good idea. I am, you know, leading the Justin Ross uh, hype train. Yep. I 
I like all of the, I like the upside of like every single dude on the depth chart. The downside of pretty much every dude on the depth chart really scares me because it one or two bad turns and the offense just gets a lot harder to win with. I mean, to, to, to thrive, to get, to get it to thrive. Well, Patrick or, Mahomes or to could be, probably make. Yeah. Or to be like a top five offense. Yes. Right. Patrick Mahomes, I think could, could throw to Yumi and Seth and the chiefs would make the playoffs and would have, you know, uh, a functional offense because we would somehow <laughs> be open. Cause Andy Reid. Yes, there's sure. But I don't, I don't want that to be, and I don't think that's the plan by any means. The Chiefs have continued to draft receivers now. Also, like there's a pattern here. They've invested. Yeah. They were going to pay Tyreek Hill. They've got Travis Kelsey still. But I, I don't. I'm not saying they're like hurtling towards the the Aaron Rodgers Packers path. I I don't think that at all. But I don't. I don't love going in with nothing but question marks. And I guess MVS. And, and maybe that's good enough. But. I, I'm a little bit unsettled while simultaneously being excited. It's a, it's a very uh, conflicted sort of cognitive dissonance that I that I feel every time I look at the, the Chiefs receiving depth chart. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, and and also too, like they're valuing youth um, at this point when it comes to to Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, and Kadarius Tony. And um, I genuinely like that too. I'm I'm I think that's a good strategy. Yeah, all on rookie contracts. Um, so again, they 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 gotta you know, see what they have. And again, you want those years of experience to sort of, again, keep you ahead of the pack. Um, when your offense is trying to anticipate what other teams might do to you this upcoming season, because you were the Super Bowl champions because they have your film to look at. Um, and so the continuity of the roster and the trust that, you know, fans should have in Andy Reid and even Matt Nagy being on the staff last year before he was elevated to, to offensive coordinator, um, that should all help the team, um, you know, again, stay potent, stay effective. Um, and, I mean, something that Brett Veach really hasn't done um, outside of, like, Josh Gordon is take on a receiver who's, you know, past the age of 30 um, and give them, you know, significant amounts of money. Yeah. And Josh Gordon wasn't a significant amount of money, whatever that ended up. I can't right, remember what the numbers right. were, but no, it would have been out of character. And I like the youth movement and, and I like the specific guys they have in that group. And yet I am a little uneasy. I and mean, maybe just remembering that Travis Kelsey exists is the best, uh, the best way to, you know, ease any concern there, but right. it, it's going to be fascinating. And for me, I think it's the top thing that I'm excited to see more from in camp. Uh, we need to wrap up here. I know, but uh, if you want to want to give one or two things, you've got a whole, by the way, just it, Seth and Nate have both been writing uh, at exorbitant paces. Um, so you can read all of uh, Seth's work up in the chief of the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. And of course, Nate's work here on the athletic.com. But when you when you look at those storylines, maybe even a place to just sort of point the, the eyes of people listening now who will be up in St. Joe before we do our next episode, which, by the way, we're going to have to play it by ear a little bit. Training camp is a crazy time with schedules yeah. and everything. So PSA, we're going to we're going to keep we're going to keep something relatively consistent that may not be the same date and time every week. So PSA there. Um, but with that in mind. What else are you looking at right now? What else should should people be looking at when they uh, make the trek up to St. Joe? Yeah, it's um, it's receivers, what we talked about earlier. Um, you know, I'm really interested to see how Felix handles, uh, you know, sort of the first round, you know, defensive end at camp because we saw what it was like last year for George Kaloftis. So there's a little bit of an easier compare contrast from a year ago. Um I think Brian Cook will be interesting, you know, second year safety, uh, you know, projected starter, uh, see where he is with, with Justin Reed. And I know it gets, again, you should never take it for granted. Cause again, this is as close as you can get to the team for a month before obviously they play um, regular season games. But even today, and I know the chiefs have put the video out cause I mean, of course you would, <laughs> But there are just days where, like, the ball's in the middle of the air, and I just say, no, <laughs> no. And, yeah, and, and that was that was my reaction with the ball midair 
uh, when Patrick, you know, scrambled to his right on the run, just, just, just in the bucket, uh, you know, to, to, to an undrafted rookie who, you know, we're in uh, 27, which was I thought open. for sure was going to be a running back until I saw this. Yeah. Game. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, if you want to see excellence up close, uh, if you want to see the most talented passer in the league right now, um, he's practicing in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is a crazy thing to say. Um, and he's also living right now in a dorm. Also <laughs> a crazy thing to say. And um, he's doing all of this while making millions of dollars, which is also funny. Um, all while having uh, two little kids at home in this castle that he's built. Yep. While he's living in a dorm. While he's living in a dorm in a bed that is not his own. Um, and yeah, it's it's quite archaic. And yet here we are in our Lord's 2023, still doing it like Remember the Titans. <laughs>